Hi, Heritage Church. Thanks for joining us today, whether it be online or at home. Um, my name is Terry, and I am so glad that you are with us. I wanted to share a little bit today about how um, God has really impacted my life during this season. Um, if I think back to the beginning of the pandemic season, I really struggled with my walk with God. I'm a very social person, and it was hard for me not to connect with people. I used to connect best with God when I was surrounded by others, um, especially in a congregation filled with people just singing and crying out to God. It would bring tears of joy to my eyes. And with the pandemic, that was made um, very difficult, if not impossible. In Hebrews 13.8, God reminds me that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So even though everything around me was changing, even though the way I was connecting with God was changing, He remained the same always. And I find comfort and I praise Him that He's been the one constant in this season. And now, as I, as I lift my hands and I close my eyes in worship, I imagine what Revelation says, that every tongue, every nation is praising Him. And just like that, I'm back in a congregation filled with people singing and crying out to God. So today, we may be joining from different physical spaces, whether you be at home or joining online, or maybe you're listening to us outside. Um, but we are all one body under Christ. And I pray that as we step into worship, we cry out to God just like that. That I pray that we, we create a noise loud enough to cause a ripple through our cities. Join me as we worship.
Hey friends, I am here at the Bridgepoint Prayer Levy on a beautiful autumn day. And uh, I want to just take a moment to invite you down here to this space. It's a, a wonderful space. We have regularly invited you to come and, and just connect with the Lord. Um, but we want to just specifically invite you around these new orange prayer tags. You can find these tags at the Rock Island Lobby before and after our physical services, but you can also find them here in this box. And we would just invite you to come and engage with these and uh, to really be thinking about what is it that God is asking you to pray for in this season and write it on the card and, and put it up on one of the trees and just let's be praying for each other in the midst of the season that we're in. Whether good or bad, God never wastes a season and uh, he wants to do something special in each of us. So to that end, allow me to just pray over us in this moment. God, thank you for the gift of seasons. We thank you, God, that you have uh, given us uh, different chapters of our, our life. And in each of those seasons, you give us lessons and you kind of craft us and form us into your image. And so I just pray, God, that regardless of what kind of season we find ourselves in right now, whether it's a good or bad season, whether it's clear or confusing, whatever it is, that we would just lean into you and trust your heart with it, to trust that you're never done writing our story and that each new season brings opportunity to grow closer to you and to point the people around us to you. So Lord, thank you so much for who you are, for what you've done. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God, we say we trust you, that you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us, but you are God, Emmanuel. God with us. God, you were faithful time and time again. You were faithful yesterday, you were faithful today, and you will be faithful tomorrow. So God, with all that we are, all that we can muster with our very breath in our lungs, we're gonna cry out to you and pour it out to you saying, you are worthy of all the praise. Sing this. It's your breath in our lungs. We pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. Great are you, Lord. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore.
Hello friends, I don't know about you, but I love the changing of seasons. Uh, there's something about the anticipation of what a new season brings that I just get excited about. And so it doesn't really matter if we're moving from winter to spring or spring to summer or summer to fall. I just love that, that sense of there's something new that's going to be happening. Um, but of all the seasons, for sure, fall is my favorite. I love the going to the pumpkin patch and the picking apples and baking all the fall treats. But more than anything about fall, I love the beauty 
of the fall foliage, those leaves changing into beautiful oranges and yellows and reds. And I just think that we should all applaud the Quad Cities right now. Yay, God, you've done an awesome job on our foliage this year, and I think we deserve it. I think from what the season has brought us, it is so awesome to be able to look around and just revel in the beauty of God's creation that we can see out our windows, that we can see from our porches, that we can see as we drive around. And I hope that you're taking time to soak in that beauty. You know, this conversation that we're having as a church family called Seasons is so appropriate and so timely for all of us. Last week, we talked about the importance of setting aside our preferences so that we can be present to what God's purpose is in the season that we find ourselves. And we're continuing on today to talk about what does our posture need to be in the season that we're in so that we don't miss anything that God is doing. We're going to be anchoring our conversation throughout the coming weeks in Ecclesiastes 3. And last week, Pastor Sean walked us through verses 1 through 11. And I just want to make sure that we've got good handholds for our conversation today. And so we're going to start by looking at Ecclesiastes um, chapter 3, verse 1, and then verse 11. Let's read this together. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. He, God, has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, and yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end, because God himself is without beginning and end, and we are finite. And so we live in these chunks of time that have a start and a finish, and yet we serve a God who exists outside of all of that. You know, the wisest man who ever lived is likely the author of this book, Ecclesiastes. And, and in, the, in the verses between 1 and 11, he kind of gives us a list of different things, highs and low points that we will experience in life. And so he talks about there's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a time to plant and a time to uproot. There's a time to be joyful, and there's a time to experience sorrow. And I think if we're honest, a lot of us just want to live in the spaces of birthing something and planting something and being in the joyful times, and yet none of us will go through life and not experience the whole gamut of that whole list of things that are laid out in this passage of Scripture. You know, the reality is, is that the seasons of life are never really just one thing. I remember when I was pregnant with my son Daniel and I was nearing the end of my pregnancy and my grandmother was really, really sick and we knew she was going to die. And it was in June. She lived in New, in New Jersey and Sean and I and our, our family, we lived in Pennsylvania and I so wanted to be out there. And I went to the doctor and the doctor said, nope, I know you're not due until more like the middle of July, but there's no way that I can let you go because things are happening. And so I was in this tension of anticipating the next, anticipating the birth of my son Daniel, and yet also sitting in the sorrow of mourning my grandmother. And sure enough, on July 1st, the day that my family buried my grandmother was the day that I gave birth to my son Daniel. 
And there was this mashup of, of feelings and emotions and seasons that were colliding, the season to be born and a season to die all happening at the same time. And in that space, when our seasons collide, that's where we often experience tension. And it's really important for us to, for us to really understand and know, is the tension that we're experiencing, is this just something that we need to manage, or is there a problem that we can solve that is being presented to us? And a lot of times we just assume there is a problem to be fixed right now, and we exert a lot of energy on fixing something that was never meant to be fixed by us. It was meant to be managed by us as we submit to the work of Holy Spirit in our life and as we walk with Jesus through that season. There's a concept called liminality, and liminality is this space that we sit in as we transition between our now and our next. And Pastor Sean talked a lot about the importance of being really present to the season that we're in now so that we're positioned to not miss the next that God is actually inviting us into. You know, there's so many great examples of this in Scripture. And one of the things that I love to do is take a biblical character, and when God is teaching me um, a concept, um, and in this case it would be seasons, um, to go back and look at some of those familiar biblical figures and just look with a different lens at their story And that instructs me then how God maybe wants to work differently in what I'm learning and what I'm I'm wrestling with. And so there's some great biblical figures that really illustrate this concept of seasons. I think about Joseph and the distinct seasons that he walked through that just point to Ecclesiastes 3 all day long, where he goes from being in a pit that his brothers put him in and they sell him into slavery and slavery was a season. And then he's elevated into serving as an official in Potiphar's house. And then he ends up in prison. And, and one of the things I love about Joseph is no matter what the season was, he was very present and tuned into what God was doing in that season. And so many times in Joseph's life, life we see that God was working in Joseph's life, not just for him in the now, but also for the saving of others in their next. I think about Esther, and I think about Daniel, and I think even about the life of Jesus and how how clearly they, they walked in different seasons. There were highs and there were lows, but what was so um, instructive about their life is how they were very tuned in to God's purpose in each and every season. Today we're going to look a little bit at the life of Paul, And how he really exemplifies, again, uh, this journey through lots of different seasons in his time of ministry. Paul was a missionary and church planter. And and there's a passage of scripture where he kind of goes through all of the things that have happened to him. And he says, I, Paul, uh, a, a prisoner of Jesus Christ who has been tortured and shipwrecked and imprisoned, um, all for the sake of Christ, And he just goes through this whole litany of seasons that he has endured um, with Christ. And then in Philippians 12, or in Philippians 4, verses 12 through, through 13, he says this. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. Do you hear the echoes of Ecclesiastes 3? There's a time for everything, a time for need, and a time for plenty. 
But Paul goes on to say, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. I don't know about you, but I want to know what that secret is. And I want to understand how I can live in a state of contentment no matter what season I'm living in. Paul goes on to say, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. This is his secret, friends. Verse 13, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Paul's secret here is that he names the season that he's in, and he says, sometimes I'm going to be in a season of need, and then sometimes I'm going to be in a season of plenty, and he's present to the season that he's in, but he is doing it all with a posture of welcome, of coming to the end of himself and saying, I can't navigate this season, but Christ in me, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Friends, if you are a follower of Christ Jesus, you can experience this same contentment no matter what season you are in. If you are a son or a daughter of Jesus Christ, you have the spirit of sonship, Holy Spirit inside of you who wants to be present and work through you in any and every situation. And really, the key to living into that contentment is coming to the end of yourself and coming to that place of surrender where you stand with your, with your hands open And you say, Holy Spirit, I cannot do this on my own. I cannot navigate this season of fill in the blank and be in a space of contentment. But I know that you tell me in your word that I can as I experience your strength working in me and through me. And so as we pray that prayer, as we live in that posture, we experience less of us and more of Jesus at work in us. This was Paul's secret, that whether he was imprisoned or being tortured or whatever his circumstances, it wasn't about him. It was what God's purpose was in that season. Friends, your perspective can always be greater than what your circumstances dictate. What people look around you and they see your circumstances, they may say, oh, well, you don't need to be content. You, you have the right to be angry. You have the right to be hurt. You have the right to, again, fill in the blank. And yet if our perspective is eternal, if our eyes are fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, we can experience as his purpose We can experience his purpose at work in us like never before. One of the things that I so appreciate about this conversation that we're having as a church, um, as we look at seasons, is the ability to sit down with members of our heritage family and talk to them about seasons that they have navigated and how God's goodness has shown up for them in that space. I had the opportunity recently to sit down with Zach and Christina Sandry. Uh, They may look familiar to you as you listen to their story. 
Zach is a family life pastor here on staff with our heritage team. And Christina is a valued member of our worship team and has led us in worship. And I'm so grateful uh, that they were willing to really trace God's hand as he has worked in their life over the last several years as they have walked through a very long uh, season. And so I'm just so excited that we get to lean into this story together. Let's do that now. I'm grateful to you, Zach and Christina, that you are willing to have a conversation with me and with our heritage family. I would love for you to just kind of share with us um, how how that journey played out for you, um, especially um, in the first early part of your journey. Um, we struggled with infertility for almost five years um, before we got pregnant, and so. Um, through that season of life, it was really difficult for me to really come to a place of accepting where I was and kind of the journey that God had us on. And during my devotional times, during that process, um, I really felt like God had promised me a, a child of my own. And so, um, you know, after going through all the doctors and everything, and it's, you know, not working, um, I just kind of had to trust like, okay, like I, I truly believe that God is going to give us a child, but it's going to happen in His timing. And we always thought we'd get married and wait a year and uh, then maybe start trying to, to start a family. Um, and I told her before we were even engaged that I had a desire that God had placed in my heart to adopt a sibling group. Even though adoption had kind of always been on His heart, it was never necessarily what I had envisioned for our family. and so struggling through infertility and wanting to have my own children, it really took me a lot longer to get to that point where I was even open to adoption. And so I just started a conversation with Christina to say, hey, I want you to pray and consider whether this would be the time to start exploring that. And that's when Zeke and Leo came on the scene. So talk a little bit about that dynamic um, for you guys as you were still having some grieving around what you thought would be and kind of, you know, what, what, what we feel like maybe is God's plan B actually becoming the plan A. So the first few months especially were extremely difficult, um, especially for me. But, you know, a couple months into it, I felt like God finally got me to the place of like, hey, these are, these are the kids we want you to have. And, um, in that place of acceptance for for them but I mean definitely in the midst of that even in the midst of that like knowing that's what God wanted me to do like I still fought him on it <laughs> like it it was hard you know I had to come to a place of acceptance and surrender to fully move into that You know, what's helpful advice or encouragement or wisdom that you can give for someone who might be facing a season um, that you guys have walked through? Yeah, I think some of the things that were most helpful for me is just one, I mean, spending time with God. I mean, just being in His presence, 
um, and being willing to just let it all out there with him, you know, like everything that you're feeling, like God can handle it, whether you're angry with him or whether you're just sad and need to, to cry out to him. He is there and he, he can handle it. Um, but also finding others that you can talk to, other women who have either gone through that journey or somebody who's just willing to come alongside you and meet with you and pray with you and encourage you and know that whatever plan he has for your life, that it's, it's going to be better than what, we, than what we imagined for ourselves. When you're longing for a child, recognizing that it's a very real hurt and emotional uh, season that, that she was going through, there wasn't a way for me to fix it, and I didn't want to try to take over her journey, because it's not my journey, it's her journey. Um, I was dealing with my own journey, which part of that was supporting her. And um, so for me, uh, my encouragement to any husbands out there with a, a wife going through this, or that you're going through this together, is just to love, love your spouse and pray for your spouse. Let them know you're there um, and show that tangibly by showing up and asking and caring uh, about how they're doing and how they're processing. So, um, Team Sandry continues to grow. Uh, so, talk about just, you know, I love your picture of Dom kind of like as this unexpected, uh, joyous bundle of blessing that came in your family. So, talk about talk about how Team Sandry is growing these days. It's just been cool to see God um, and just reveal His plan to both of us uh, in His timing in all the different seasons. Um, so this one was more of a uh, just being willing to trust that if God wanted us to have a fourth child, that He would provide that. We're very excited for baby number four, and uh, we're ready to to do life with the six of us. So I was kind of in that place of like. I don't think I really want another one. You know, God, what do you want us to do? Do you want us to have another one or not? And then he's like, you're pregnant. And so I'm like, well, I guess that answers that question. So um, that uh, kind of helped me with that because I was kind of like, oh, no, I think I'm good. Um, and But God was faithful in, in answering that prayer um, and blessing us with another child. And so um, I think there's definitely some uh, nervousness on my part of, you know, having having an infant and a toddler and, you know, a couple older boys as well. But um, I know that, you know, God has been faithful through this whole process. And so if he believes that another child is what's going to bless our family even more and um, contribute to whatever his will is for our lives, then, then we're going to do it. One of the key elements that Zach and Christina experienced in their story was, was this really the tension of having to navigate the grief and the disappointment of their infertility journey, um, and yet also leaning into the secret of being content. And, and Christina mentioned coming to that place of surrender that really surrendering their desires and dreams for their next allowed them to be present to what God was doing in their now. And what God was doing in their now was awesome. 
And we look at the life as, as a church, we look at the life of Leo and Zeke and the fact that they are Sandries and what God has knit in that. And we say, yay, God. But the reality is, and I hope you got this in their story, that journey has been beautiful, but it has not been easy. You know, one of the, the quotes about fall that I love is this, and I don't even know who said it. I think it's kind of one of those unknown quotes, but it's, it's this. The trees are about to show us how beautiful it can be to let go. And I think, friends, that for many of us, the invitation in our season, the invitation in your season, whatever it is, is to let go. To surrender, to pray that prayer of of serenity, to accept Number one, that you're not God, but that he is. And that if you lean into what he has for you, he promises to work in all of our seasons for our good and for his glory. Surrender is such a key part of acceptance. And so how do we get to that space? You know, I think of this song. It's an older worship song, but some of the words go like this. All of my life, in every season, you are still God. And so I have a reason to worship. I have a reason to worship. If we could really live our lives that way, as though the fact that he is God is enough of a reason for us to worship. You see, worship is way more than just singing. It is the faithful response of God's children to his greatness. It's when we rightly orient ourselves to who God is and whose we are. You know, in Acts chapter 16, I love this passage. It talks about Paul and Silas, and they're in prison. And so we see Paul in one of his seasons of imprisonment. And what is, what is their response Their response is to pray and to sing and to worship God. And God shows up in an earthquake. And he allows them to experience physical freedom. But that isn't really what he's doing in that season. Because you see, Paul and Silas stay. Even though they could have walked out free, they stayed. Because the the jail uh, keeper, he gets all upset and he's like, oh my gosh, they're going to kill me. Uh, The prison's falling apart. The prisoners are going to leave and Paul and Silas stay. They, They choose to stay in that season. Not for them, but for the good of someone else. And what we see on the other side of that is all of these people coming into relationship with God. You see, our season is not just for us. It's also for those we do life with. We need each other, friends. And being present with others in their season reminds us that there's a time for everything. And so whatever season we are in, it's not meant for us just to isolate and just to have that experience. We actually can encourage each other. And all the more as we see the day approaching, as we share in the burden and in the joy of each other's seasons. Romans 12 Verses 15 and 16, this is in a passage of scripture that at the top it just says love in action, which I love. And we've talked about this before. But in these two verses, it says this, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. 
live in harmony with one another. Man, I don't know about you, but I want to experience more harmony. I think the amount of tension that we are all living in, um, the amount of weight that many of us are carrying, it, carrying it has just made it really difficult to, to be present, um, even to our own season. Forget about other people's seasons. And yet I think that as we grow in empathy and we grow in relational capacity and we're committed to showing up for each other, this is the space where we can experience harmony. You know, this season has in many ways seemed unprecedented. And for those of us um, living right now, it probably is in our lifetime. I know we can look back in history and see other times where globally something has been happening that is affecting everyone. But as we've navigated this season, I think there's a latent frustration that we're all running into. And it's this. There's a reason why the seasons around us change. This is how God has sort of ordered the world, right? Whether you go from wet season to dry season, um, or you go from fall to winter and winter to spring and spring to summer, there's a rhythm of life. And for many of us, this COVID season has stretched beyond our capacity, to be present in the season. And so as we went from winter to spring and entered it in spring to summer and summer to fall, we're ready to be in a new season. But we're not in charge of when that new season comes. What we can control and what we can manage is our posture in it. You know, I know that many of you, I feel like every week, I talk to members of our church family who have experienced um, significant things happening. Many of you have had relationships shift. You've had job deployment change or your job has gone away and you're looking for a new, jo- a new job. You've experienced sickness. Your rhythms of life have been altered. There's a longing for this season to be over and to move into our next. But friends, I don't want us to just move past this season and miss the gift that is in it. And so I'm going to invite you to do two things with us this week and over the next few weeks. If you're in one of our, um, if you're in one of our locations, um, either our Rock Island campus on Sunday morning or any time uh, throughout the week at our Bridgepoint location out on our prayer levy, you're going to see these orange season tags. And we're inviting you to take one of these tags and do two things with it. The first thing is to write on the back the season that you are in. There is something powerful in naming and identifying the season that we're in. Sometimes part of our frustration with our season is we won't, we won't actually acknowledge that we're in a season of grief or we're in a season of fear or we're in a season of depression or confusion, or even that we're in a season of joy. There are wonderful, beautiful things that are still happening. And if you're in a season of joy, name that and celebrate that and be present to that because God has a purpose in your joyful season. Maybe it's to encourage someone else that joy comes in the morning. So we're going to invite you to take one of these tags, name the season that you're in, then kind of draw a line under it, and then write down how you see Holy Spirit at work in that season. What is the work that Holy Spirit is doing in your own life? Is Holy Spirit working a miracle of hope? 
Is Holy Spirit wanting to work freedom in that season? Is Holy Spirit wanting to work uh, just encouragement, strength, perseverance, patience? What is the gift that Holy Spirit is wanting to give you in that season? And then we're going to invite you to take those out to the prayer levy. You can tie them on the trees. You can leave them at one of our locations. And our staff is happy to tie those onto the trees as we pray over them with you. If you're connecting with us uh, in a digital platform on TV or online, we invite you to just use our virtual connect card there and, and do the same thing. Write down the season that you're in in the comments and how you are asking Holy Spirit to show up and be present with you in that season. And we'll put one of those on an orange tag and we'll get that out there on the prayer levy and pray over you as well. Friends, I just don't want us to miss out on the gift of the season that we're in because we aren't willing to be present to it. Psalm 20 verse 4 says this, May God grant you according to your heart's desire, and may he fulfill your purpose. May this be true in your life and in my life and in the life of our church family as we seek to honor him in our seasons.
Dios incomparable, abres tú mis ojos, Cristo. Quiero conocerte más y ser lleno de ti hoy y llevar tu amor al mundo. Shadows I 
I'm so glad that we were able to connect in this space, even virtually, as we've connected with God, one another, and our purpose in some really fantastic ways. You know, there's something that happens when we gather in physical space together. And so I encourage you, if you haven't had a chance to do it yet, connect with us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. at our Rock Island campus. Students, Heritage Student Ministries is kicking back off in person at our Bridgepoint location on Sunday nights. And our prayer levy is always open to the public where you can connect with God in prayer and leave one of those prayer tags on a tree or on the fence there at the levy. One of the things that we spoke about today were the realities that all of us are in different kinds of seasons. And there's opportunity to experience all God has for us, to fully receive what God is doing in that space and time. For some of us, as we're processing, we could really use somebody to talk to. And so I encourage you, use our Pray with a Pastor line using the number below. And one of our pastors will connect with you, pray with you, process with you, hear your story, and leave you feeling encouraged and seen and known, even in that interaction. If you're dealing with a season in life that is really challenging, and you'd even say maybe it's a space of crisis for you, then we encourage you to text 741-741, and you'll get connected in real time with a trained crisis counselor who can process more deeply with you the season that you're in. We firmly believe that God is doing fantastic, amazing, wonderful things in these days, and we want to be part of all that He's doing and receive all that He has for us. So we hope to see you soon as we press in together.